and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. We are a little bit biased. Some some weeks more so than others. Ha. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPODX if you prefer to call it by its current uh, ownership <laughs> name. But let's be real. Uh, everyone still calls it Twitter. Uh, other ways to follow the podcast. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. Uh, gives, uh, email, shoot us an email. Hey, Frankfurt at gmail.com. HEF pod to join our predictor league. Find out where Frankfurt fans are across the entire globe so you can watch the matches with them. Though, no match coming up this weekend for the men as we have entered the international break. So, I'm really excited by the fact that we're going to bring back this gent uh, who uh, gave us a fun uh, segment. Uh, during the summer, where we kind of talk all things Eintracht and the Bundesliga in general. He's a man who runs his own Twitch channel that does follow the Bundesliga fervently. Even the Zweite Liga and Dritte Liga get a little bit of love from this guy. It's Jake in Chicago, or I should say 50-plus Donna. How you doing, bud? Hello. I'm surprised uh, I'm getting let on after the game this week, if I was biased. <laughs> well, um, let's put it this way. It could have been a less dramatic game in the way that things transpired at the end. But then again, that seems to be kind of the eye-tracked way. Get goals late. Put yourself through extra drama. Sometimes it really, really, really isn't needed whatsoever. But hey, you know what? At the end of the day... These clubs are what makes our hearts beat. So, here we are talking about uh, Eintracht versus Cone. 1-1 one, one draw that it was uh, at the weekend. Jake, you got for Cone to get their first points. What was your first takeaways? I mean, I think the overall big issue is... This team just has not scored from open. Well, okay, they scored one from open play, but that's still a little concerning to me. Um, there's some news about Mark Uth being, they don't know when he's going to come back. Like, it's the third game of the season and all the strikers are dealing with injuries now. It's just like, it's going to be such a big issue going forward. And they missed the window to kind of get another striker. I'm not really sure what this team's going to do um, going into the rest of the season, but they had three tough games to start. Eintracht Frankfurt, obviously not a pushover. I'm not being paid to say that, <laughs> but um, I mean, they had a tough three games, like getting a point out of one of those three games. You could argue they could have gotten a point out of Dortmund um, or even Wolfsburg. Like they kept them close. So, I mean, that's encouraging, but the striker situation is just really, really not great. Yeah. Uh, it definitely felt if Cone didn't get the help from on track with the penalty, uh, Philip Max uh, created the foul that caused uh, PK to be called. Granted, I would have to say the referee was very wildly inconsistent. 
Um, yeah, I probably would have given the penalty too, but like, I mean, with all the inconsistencies that were going on in the match that was refereed, I'm kind of wondering where Cone would have been able to find another goal over the course of the 90 minutes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't off the top of my head. I forgot Tiggins was even in the game, honestly. <laughs> they they showed like the average positions like they did at halftime, and I was like, oh yeah, wait, he's in the game. Like he was completely invisible. So, but I mean that that also goes into on track. Frankfurt was playing good with defending well too. So, um, yeah, I mean Cone was kind of defending wildly. I track Frankfurt whenever Cone got forward, like they were defending well. It was just it was a good game, but. uh I don't know. I think Cone probably could have gotten some points if they defended a little better. This is always a match full of passion. Um, did you happen to see uh, so Matt Ford, uh, uh, guy who follows the Bundesliga for Deutsche Welle, was in the uh, guest tribuna, and apparently uh, Cone fans were pepper sprayed by some of the uh, Frankfurt City Police. Uh, do you have any kind of ed- updates as to what caused this? Because so far as I was aware of, this, despite being a very hotly contested match, one full of passion because both of our fan bases are passionate, I was unaware that there was anything actually going on uh, <laughs> in the fan scene and the lead up to the match or <clears throat> in the stadium itself. I mean, I didn't get any updates, but... Um, I'll just I'll keep it simple and say that it's not surprising um, that kind of they nothing happened. Like uh-huh. even when I was in the guest block earlier against Stuttgart this year, the ultras just did not come because the uh, police like randomly searched their bus and they're like, no, we're not going to consent to this. Like we're just going back home. So and there's been a lot of really bad interactions with police and supporters lately. I'm not sure what's driving that, but um I was surprised to hear it, but I wasn't surprised it happened, if that makes sense. No, oh, it makes sense. Um going back to the match that was happening on the pitch, um as you were starting to see some of the changes made by Eintracht, what were your thoughts in terms of um like I mean as Cohen didn't it felt long it felt so weird because Cone just waited so long to start making any adjustments. Eintracht was making those adjustments. What what is going on in Baumgart's head that he's kind of that hesitant to make any <laughs> changes to you know switch the match around? I mean, he's not sure who to play. Uh, part of that is your fault for taking Sekiri. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think. They like the team is so inconsistent in individual performances. Like you had Linton Mina finally starting, and then he didn't really have a good game. Um, he, there's Finkgrafe who is young, and they don't know if he's gonna play on the team or not. Like I think these are all questions that they're probably gonna answer during this break that fortunately came up. I think that's really looking good for Colm that there's this international break. Um, but yeah, I think he just does not know who's going to show up and who's going to perform, and he's not sure who 
like who's gonna be stepping up from game to game. I mean, like Chabot's been good. Like a lot of the backline people have been good, but like attacking wise, he has just you know, I I don't even have idea what the consistent lineup's gonna be. Yeah, because honestly, entering the match, I was looking at uh, what was on tap for Cone, and I was very excited to see what Ali Du is able to do with you guys with a season on loan. I think he will provide you guys with a good spark. But as I was looking at the starting lineup, I was like, there's a lot of uh, guys who've moved on from this Cone team over the last few seasons, and you don't really see anyone of <coughs> what of note, like under, I guess, after Waldschmidt, uh, of attacking now that uh, was available to code. Is, is, there, is there something going on in the transfer war room that uh, we're up, that we in Eintracht land are unaware of? Uh, I, your guess is just as good as mine. Uh, I thought they'd be a little more active with this pending ban that we're going to hear about this month. Uh, they said that they were going to have a striker, and then the window came, and they're like, we don't need another one. And then today they said, ooh, it might be out forever. And it's like, well, they had to have known that was coming. Why didn't they find someone to fill that gap? I'm not really sure what they're doing right now. Um, I will say I am a little fortunate that I think the relegation candidates this year are a little easy to guess, it seems. <laughs> um, because I think in any other year, I would be like, oh, this is not looking good. <laughs> I'd probably get you on that. I can concur that as you look at the live table at this moment in time, and there are uh, five, excuse me, four teams uh, on one point and one team on zero, I think you would be correct in assuming that there it's this company to fight for, uh, to fight against those uh, two and a half relegation spots, definitely. Um, as Andrick was making a lot of substitutions, I was really, really getting excited as the match was going on because I'm thinking, okay, Kunku is able to, you know, bring, you know, that, that extra little spark. Guess what? He scored the goal. Uh, Cam coming off the bench after Marmarouche kind of started to lose his head a little bit, but you saw uh, the competitiveness of both of those, uh, of, the, of Gankam, you know, midweek uh, during against Sophia. I'm starting to feel like Eintracht's in a good spot because you, had, you gave uh, Hugo Larson uh, the start. Rolda came off the bench and provided some real uh, calm and control to the midfield. If you're looking at Eintracht uh, from the neutral standpoint, how are you feeling about the uh, remainder of the uh, 31 matches of the Bundesliga season? I mean, I think obviously the big question is going to be getting over Kolomwani. I mean, any team in your situation would have to figure that out. Um, but I mean, you like everyone was gushing over Frankfurt's summer for a reason. Like, I didn't think it was going to be immediate that people get together. But, I mean, you don't have a loss yet. I think, was that your second comeback from down a goal yep. or, like, down something? So, I think that's really encouraging for y'all. Um, 
I think you're kind of like in like mirror Dortmund in a way because like Dortmund doesn't have a loss, but like you don't know what the hell's gonna happen with them. But like you guys are undefeated, and it's like oh they can probably carry this on. Like it, I don't think you guys have a lot to worry about. I will say I think juggling I, for any team juggling three competitions is gonna be pretty hard. But I mean you guys have that at this point you guys have experience in doing that, and I hope. Dino kind of remembers how to do that from helping the other coaches through that through the years, you know? Uh, totally agree on that. Uh, kind of good point to uh, Dino Topmoa, you know, uh, five, technically six competitive matches undefeated so far. A couple of draws, but, you know, a couple of comeback uh, uh, moments to be able to salvage those draws, like against Mites and against Code now. That being said, are you feeling that he has a realistic chance to become a success, or should we, as Eintracht fans, be pessimistic about you know the future with a man who is in his first uh, uh, head coaching, uh, head trainer job in a, what is considered one of the major leagues of the world's game? I mean... I I feel like there's no reason to be pessimistic right now. Um, I think, like, I feel like the, he should get a pass this year. Not saying, like, you guys, if you get relegated, like, oh, whatever. Like, I feel like you guys are way off from that anyway. But, like, he has this big question now with Kolomolani being out. Like, I know, you like, Frankfurt fans are probably tired of hearing about that. But, like, it's going to be a question that he has to figure out. And, like... It would be tough for any manager in any, of any experience to figure out how to create a new attack around something in the future. So I feel like this year, like obviously, top seven is going to be something you guys want to aim for. Like that's I feel like that's your new normal now. But I wouldn't be so hard on him this year if that doesn't happen. If that makes sense, it'd be wonderful if we were able to figure out. Uh, what the long-term plan is. But, hey, you know what? Uh, Kosha has got his uh, people that he has to answer to, and they've, they've got an entirely different sort of uh, viewpoint on the way that Eintracht should be run in the future. One has just got to wonder if we can finally have a coach that is not from the Red Bull system because, goodness gracious me, uh, it's Ahmed Vey is the last coach who was not uh, Red Bull connected, who was in charge of the Eintracht. We were asking for it to start the season, but you know, uh, it, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Just kind of moving on with that as we move on uh, in this podcast. Uh, so, Eintracht is qualified for the Europa Conference League. Uh, we have uh, Scottish side Aberdeen. Uh, no, it's not any of the big two Glasgow clubs, so we're just kind of moving on for that. We'll have a we'll have a good preview of uh, the Redmen from Northern Scotland when uh, time comes. We have a team from Helsinki. Yes, a club side from Finland has made it to the Eintracht group, and we have Pauk P A O K Thessaloniki. I'm just gonna call him Pauk. Uh, Thessaloniki or I can't. Thessalon- Thessaloniki? Ah, something something that's a mouthful, but everyone just calls him Pauk. Uh, uh, 
Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki. All right, there we go. Pauk Thessaloniki. Uh, we're going to try and get some folks who can tell us more about the Greeks and the Scots. I've got no clue what to expect from the Finns, aside, uh, aside from cold when we visit them in Helsinki. And, uh, yeah, and uh, six points in the bag, honestly. As your Billy Goats... Uh, Last campaign, we're in this competition and a tough group at that. If I can go back to that time, which is probably a little painful, um, how was Cohen able to balance the whole, you know, Bundesliga and Conference League uh, sort of format? Because it's you've got vast, as I mentioned, the teams that are in our group: Greek Super League, Scottish Premiership, and I don't even know what the heck the finish. Top flight is called. Um, I think you guys had Serbian uh, League uh, and someone else in yours. How are you guys able to kind of balance uh, a, a European competition that really throws up some lopsided matchups? Well, if I was a Colm fan, I would say that they weren't able to handle it at all. Um, that's, I mean, they. The thing is, when you're doing these competitions, and I think you guys kind of know this already, it's like the depth is super important. And Colm did not have depth to be able to handle um, two competitions at that time. You guys have three. So I, I have no idea. Uh, Colm would be, like, relegated if they had if they're in this situation. But I think just, like, I, I don't know. I think I, – I hope Frankfurt fans aren't overthinking this. I, it's just – Basically, like Champions League and Europa League, you guys already have experience with that. It, it's not any different. I will say, like, I think this could be a test for like overthinking because you do have these teams that you're like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't really, I've never really watched them. I don't have the same amount of film as I do from like a Barcelona. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's the only. Thing to be worried about, but like I would be completely shocked if you guys didn't finish first. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. So, um, how the matches will go down is uh, Aberdeen at home, and then away to Pauk. For me, I think if we're coming in with um, cr- crush Aberdeen right from the word go. Come out with our best team that we got. Make sure we put them down nice and quickly. Get those three points in the bag. Then go with the best side that we can muster up to visiting Greece. If you get the one point, ah, that's all right. If you get the three points, great. You basically just sealed your success. Because Well, I think something I th- to look at is like what – um, league games are between some of these, mm-hmm. and like one of them, the one against Thessaloniki, you're in between Wolfsburg, and then you have Heidenheim on the short week, so you're kind of, in theory, you're good there, right? Mm-hmm. But then one of them is you, the next game is against Dortmund, and like that's not that's not chill. okay. <laughs> and then oh man, this one, uh, you play Aberdeen on December fourteenth. You're in between Bayern and Leverkusen. That is 
awful. The thing <laughs> is, is a I'm, nightmare. I'm in the camp that, hey, you know what? By match day six, everything should be taken care of. Honestly, we should, if you come away with three points in your visit to Greece, you've got two matches with, uh, with Helsinki. Honestly, the home match, you know, have a half strength, half, like half, uh, if you have a set team that plays the Bundesliga matches, have half of those guys be available, um, and on, in the starting 11 uh, to make sure that you get uh, the three points versus uh, Helsinki at home. Send the most reserved side that you can. Send that to Helsinki for the away match. I assume that should be able to take care of business. If you then have 12 points earned from your first four matches, honestly, then it's just a cakewalk. You got Thessaloniki. Uh, Pauk uh, at home, and then you follow that up with the visit to Aberdeen, as you mentioned, kind of squashed. Sadly, right in between uh, Leverkusen and Bayern, both, at least by then, you can just focus solely on the Bundesliga. Um, I mean, you would hope, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You would hope that before <laughs> the second, uh, I would say, that, yeah, the entire tip balance of the group rides in that visit match day two to Greece. Come away with a point, if not all three, you're going to be able to pretty much send a uh, reserve side to play uh, Helsinki twice and beat them twice. I mean, maybe in the cold of November in Helsinki, you have a draw. Ah, won't be the worst thing to happen in, you know, uh, a frozen tundra. Well, Helsinki is not frozen tundra. It's on, it's on the Baltic Sea. But needless to say, freaking cold, cold uh, weather that you don't have to. Well, I guess Bodoglund still is technically in the competition, but you know what I mean. Like freezing temperatures that you would not normally play in. Uh, I'm, I'm really calling this. Mat, this match day two as beat all for the entire group because you get points you're kind of in coast mode because then you got two back-to-back matches against the weakest team so um, I tracked then can just coast on through uh, as the number one team in the group and then you don't have to <laughs> don't have to play honestly until what uh like March uh, for the next round of the competition, if memory serves. Yeah, it's not I'm for, actually checking that right now. The round, uh, the playoff round, will be in February, and the round of 16, which uh, all teams who win their group uh, will be entered in at the round of 16 phase, which is where Eintracht entered in when we won the Europa League because they had switched to this format where. Um, second place teams in the group face the third place team from the Champions League that fell in, or in this case, we will be getting the third place teams from the Europa League, and uh, that could be interesting. Uh, not that I think uh, any of the two German teams in the Europa League are going to drop in to the Europa Conference League, but just kind of pointing how things will progress. 
So that being said, uh, a couple guys going off on international duty since uh, it's been announced that that's what's going on. So first teamers, uh, you got Kevin Trout, Kiri, uh, Kibi, Armouge, Pacho. They're all going up to their first teams. Uh, Kyle Collins, Lawson, Simone going off to their reserve teams. That kind of wraps up all that it had for uh, the kind of news and notes on the men's side before we get into hashtag what are we drinking. And, of course, take a look at what the rest of the Bundesliga is doing and the Eintracht Frauen with their UEFA Women's Champions League uh, upcoming matches. So, uh, Jake, I think it's time for what are we drinking. What do you got for us? Well, in the pre-show, I was uh, lambasted for having a boring drink right now. Uh, but over this weekend, um, the bar that FC Cone Chicago is hosted at, they have gaffle coaches in bottles. So that's Ooh. what I had for that match, yes. There's a big story to that, um, but I will keep it short in that we just, we just uh, continue our brainwashing <laughs> of U.S. people, I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that when it comes to uh, uh, in, uh, imbibing, that is, not uh, in other terms. What Speaking I, of that, what what beer is like the Frank Eintracht Frankfurt beer? Is there one? Uh, well, let's see. There's Kronbacher. That's a good one. Uh, well, Kronbacher is the one that – well. There's a couple out there, but some of them are kind of on the small side. I always kind of default to Kronbacher as my preferred, mostly because uh, one of the others is currently being bought out. And I'm blanking on their name right now. Someone's going to someone's gonna be cursing at me when they're listening to this part of the podcast. Uh, hey, I can't, I, I can't be perfect all the time, folks. So uh, Kronbacher will have to kind of <laughs> suffice for now. What I'm drinking, and yes, folks, I still got that little bit of a cough going on. Yeah, can't seem to kick it. I'm drinking the Magic Fixer Elixir that is Werner's, the ginger soda. But this past weekend, I was drinking Yingling's uh, Oktoberfest. Had that and Vorsteiner's as well. Yingling's, I think their Oktoberfest is kind of mediocre, but Vorsteiner is mint, folks. Get, your, get yourself some Varsteiner Oktoberfest because Watson season is here and it's here to stay. And uh, yeah, that's what I got. So, prost to that. And we'll be back in the jiffy with segment two. So, stay with. And here we are, segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, here to talk about Frauen Corner because it is back. Eintracht Frauen. <sighs> well, this time around, uh, after a second straight third place finish, they are in the league path qualification tournament for the UEFA Women's Champions League. We remember that uh, the Danes hosted us last season, uh, got through the semifinals to the final. 
where we then lost to Ajax. This time around, we are hosting the tournament. So the match is on Wednesday, September the 6th. Uh, Eintracht versus Slovakia. Uh, the third place team from uh, the Czech Republic is Eintracht's opposition with the winner of the uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, second place team and Juventus. Uh, Juventus who finished in the the women's Serie A or uh, yeah Serie A and they finished in second place. Juventus has a few interesting pieces, but you know we can kind of look to that later because uh, we need to get through the semifinal phase. I looked at the roster for this one, Jake, and honestly. I think the team is just going to come out swinging with the mindset that, hey, we were here last time and we dropped the ball. We're not screwing that up again. So I don't think that that this first semifinal is going to be competitive at all. I think it's going to be very much, especially with the fact that um, because Germany's early exit, I think Eintracht's just going to smash and – on the ninth, they'll have the uh, final, likely against Juventus, unless we have her, uh, unless we got a, a big old upset. Uh, I think this is pretty much a slam dunk, and this is a Juventus team that, when it comes to the Italian national team, who did pretty poorly at the Women's World Cup, I was told to expect great things from Italy going forward. Just that. Perhaps this is one, maybe two tournaments too early to expect anything from them because their league, from a professional standpoint, is rather new in terms of their format. So I think the Eintracht is going to do some uh, crushing. Any uh, any input you got? Yeah. So (laughs) I feel you. But I, I, there is the one issue that I think hurts in the men's side for Pokal in that this is the first competitive game you guys are playing. Ah, fair enough. Slovakia played two already. And one of them, they won 5-0. Like, I get the leagues are different, but they do kind of like, you know what I mean? Know how they're going to play competitively. Are you trying to make the Um, Liga MX versus MLS debate when it comes to the CONCACAF Champions League example? What is that? What is that? Where MLS is just getting started with their season and Liga MX is like a month and a half into their season. So they're already, you know, not just match fit, but match sharpness is all on point. Something like that. All I'm going to (laughs) say is that that's the reason why there's so many first round upsets in the men's pokal. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't think, I, I'm not saying there's going to be an upset there, but I'm thinking. I don't think it's going to be super easy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Well, you know what makes things easier is when you play the final and it's at the Vox Stadium, the big stadium. So they play the semifinal at the kind of regular uh, ground that Eintracht always plays at, uh, Stadion on Brent Annoband. And, uh, yeah, they get to play at the Vox Stadium for the final. And so far there's been over – there's – over 15,000 tickets that have been sold. Uh, my information, I tried to get an update on that. And sorry, folks, I was not able to do <laughs> anything new on that ahead of uh, recording time. So 
eh, uh, we'll be able to comment on the next episode on the podcast in regards to the qualification tournament. Looking forward to the ladies going one step further because you gotta you gotta get through um, this to be able to get to the uh, the second round of qualifying. Yeah, it's kind of nuts that you got this round of qualifying here, then you got the next round. The problem is. Uh, because Eintracht isn't the league path, not the champions path, but the league path. Uh, there's some big fish that are waiting on the other end. Um, Manchester United has got a fair number of women who were in the Women's World Cup rosters spread throughout the teams. Got a fair couple of uh, uh, world champions who are currently playing with Real Madrid, including one super Colombian. And you also got Wolfsburg and Paris Saint-Germain, who, well, <laughs> they can end up with anybody but Wolfsburg. So at least there's that. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, we will see for the qualification for the Women's Champions League. Jake, it is time for us to delve right back to the men's game, though, as... Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Europa League's got two teams from Germany uh, participating in it. Um, no uh, qualification phase that those guys have got to jump through. So, um, not going to lie, Freiburg had a bad group that they were drawn with. You got Olympiacos, who Eintracht fans will remember from our group uh, in the 21-22 Europa League uh, competition. And they have West Ham, who we also beat in the semifinal phase of that competition, the current reigning champions of the Europa Conference League, uh, and uh, one Serbian team uh, from northern Serbia that is, I can't even pronounce it. Uh, they go by TSC. So I'm looking at this and kind of wondering, is Freiburg gonna run out of steam? Are they a team who's gonna be finishing in the, the top two places, or are they gonna be possibly dealing with the tiredness of legs that just comes from this many uh, matches uh, from playing on three separate uh, competitions? Are they gonna? I don't see them as a group winner. Are you seeing them as a runner-up, or are you seeing them dropping down to the Europa Conference League? I mean, it's a good question, right? Like, they're kind of not playing super convincingly, I would say, so far, especially getting smashed by Stuttgart. Like, Yeah, don't even I mean, understand I that. Stutt I guess Stuttgart's in the running for Meisterschale this year, apparently, but 5-0 is just – that is not – what I would have expected from Freiburg. Um, and I think the thing is weird is like, they haven't done a lot of team turnover from year to year. I think that part might catch up with them in that they don't really refresh their roster all that much. Um, and just like West Ham, I mean, West, I think there's no chance West Ham doesn't win the, the group. I mean, they're tied for second in the Premier League right now. Um, so it's just a matter of like, is Olympiacos gonna? Are they gonna be able to outdo Olympiacos? Like, I'm not really sure. Um, just Freiburg in general is a weird. Like, I'm really wondering how that's gonna progress through the season. Like, for the reasons you're saying, like juggling three competitions again this year, 
like are they going to be able to do it and like it seems like they're kind of year by year kind of slowing down a little bit so i'm not really sure i really think that them missing out on the champions league uh, in the as they kind of fell away at the very end of last season i think they missed the boat and i think that they might be able i still think that they are in the running for finishing in the the top half of the Bundesliga, if not the top seven, where in all likelihood the European places will all go uh, based on whoever wins the Pokal. But, uh, yeah, a lot of questions to be asked of them. I still think that they have some decent class. I I do think that this is just one of those regression sort of seasons that they have. The other team who uh, is involved in the Europa League I'm not even blinking. Bayer Leverkusen is firing on all cylinders. I said that they will be a scary team uh, over the course of the season. Then, actually, I think it, you and I were talking were talking up uh, what Leverkusen could be. So we sound like absolute geniuses so far. And you know, Leverkusen was given the cushiest of cushy groups. You got uh, Katabag from. Azerbaijan, and then you got two Scandinavian clubs, two Scandinavian clubs, and Molda uh, from Norway, and Haken from uh, Sweden, as I look at it. Uh, honestly, like, Leverkusen is going to use uh, their overall squad depth. I think that they are going to have uh, all eyes on the Bundesliga, and I think that they'll, I think they'll not just do that by saying that they're kind of like uh, their bench and then their reserves for these matches. I think they're just, they're still going to sample through it. I don't think, I don't think we're going to see them blink or skip a beat at all. And anything you'd like to add? Yeah. I mean, I, Hawkins at least a good story. If you've been following that through um, their qualification, like that's been a cool story, but I mean, Sione is not club club like coaching this European uh competition this time. Like if they don't if they don't get if they don't make it first, like I I don't know what to say. Like <laughs> they really should be cruising through this group. Um and that's no offense to the other team, but I mean like people are picking like us geniuses are, are already picked. Like Leverkusen should be competing for a league title this year and like if they can't keep it together against the people in their group, uh, uh, maybe they're focusing on the league or something. But I really don't see this being an issue for Leverkusen. 100%. Well, let's get to the bigger, meaty uh, competition. One that isn't the Champions League. Bayern got drawn with uh, Galatasaray. Big spending Turkish side Galatasaray, who have really added a lot of uh, free agents as only an, one of the Istanbul clubs that makes it to the Champions League uh, group phase can be uh, Kareem Demirbay is there, Dries Mertens, Mauro Icardi, uh, Wilfred Zaha. If some people are thinking these guys all sound vaguely familiar. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, a former Eintracht player, Khan Ayan, uh, is with Galatasaray as well, for those who vaguely remember him. Anyways, uh, yeah, Galatasaray there. Oof. Uh, they'll, they'll give 
Bayern a real run for their money. The visit of the Galatasaray fans to the Allianz Arena could be fun, but honestly, Bayern's going to sail through this group with Manchester United and Copenhagen as the other two teams because I think Manchester United is, because of their owners not selling, they didn't properly invest. They're going to be a top-end team in England that just can't, that isn't progressing. Bayern, despite the issues that we have, they're going to do Bayern things, and they'll sail through to the knockout phase, and then we will judge Bayern for what they are. Um, anything you want to add before we move on to Union Berlin and their group? All right. Well, I know I'm being a hot take person today, <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't want to predict anything until I see Bayern play Leverkusen on the 15th. Like, they played three opponents now that are kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, Bayern, you should beat them. The Gladbach game, they were kind of – and, like, even part of the Bremen game, they were kind of struggling. So as much as I think they're going to coast through this group, I want to see how they play someone who's, like, of the quality that they're going to see in the Champions League that I think. I I, I don't think they're going to be in third, but I don't think – if they if they look bad against that Leverkusen game, I would be like, huh. That's, you know what I mean? That's like, I, I would be, I would be like, oh, how are they gonna do in this? Well, we're, as opposed to like what we're saying now, if like, oh yeah, they're gonna like moonwalk through it, you know? I totally agree. I'm really excited to hear what you have got to say about this group: Napoli, Real Madrid. Braga all get to visit the Olympia Stadion, the home of Union Berlin. A sold out Olympia Stadion. Uh, can't blame them for kind of saying, you know what, this might be a one off opportunity, us being in the Champions League. Let's cash out what we can. Uh, Braga qualifying, I think, is kind of a cute story. Uh, they beat uh, great champions, Pats and Icos. Um, they beat that random uh, Serbian team TSC uh, in the previous round, and they were able to beat out Sporting Lisbon uh, for a third place uh, from the Portuguese league to put themselves in that position. So it's good. It's a good feel-good story, but Union Berlin is way better than Braga, but the idea of reigning Italian champions Napoli and Real Madrid, the Real Madrid, all visiting Berlin. These are matchups that you as a fan of the Bundesliga can just enjoy. And I think Union Berlin will take it, will enjoy themselves. I'm not going to say they're going to finish in the top two of this group because I think that's kind of set in stone with Napoli and Real Madrid. But I'm honestly looking at Braga and thinking they're going to, they're going to just trounce them. They'll take a point or two from the home matches against Napoli and Madrid, and I think that they are going to post comfortably into third in this group. And I think everyone in the general soccer media is going to be cooing over Union Berlin whilst they uh, go into the Europa League, and probably continue to be a good team in the Bundesliga, despite the loss recently to Leipzig. Yeah, I mean, 
I think I, I know people are probably tired of hearing this, but like imagine telling an Union Berlin fan like eight years ago, like, hey, you're gonna like host Real Madrid in a Champions League game. Like and not just in any think, stadium. You're gonna host it in Hertha's ground. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna host it in your rivals, and they're gonna have to watch everybody literally uh, <laughs> drive into Berlin. Drive into Berlin. Like, I mean, anything. I think is a success for them here, especially the amount of money they're probably getting from this. Um, that's just gonna continue to help them continue this upward trend. Third is very. I think that's doable and like I don't even think that's bad like you're saying like getting to Europa League is not embarrassing at all and like, plenty and I think of prize money to... to be won uh, just from the wins and draws that you would exactly. earn just to get in there and then you know yeah immediately in February hey guess what you're going back over it again I think at that point all matches would be at the Alta Fosterai unless of course they're in the Champions League round of 16 where Obviously, it would be at the Olympia Stadion. And hey, you know what? They've already sold out all three of those matches before the teams were even announced. So, you know, for a fact, they're going to make a pretty penny off of it. So, this really does have to be the nightmare timeline for Hair to Fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> this really does have to be like the nightmare, uh, the nightmare reality. 100%. Um, there's a uh, two left <laughs> to go over. Um, <clears throat> kind of more straightforward. So, Borussia Dortmund has Paris Saint-Germain, uh, AC Milan, and Newcastle United. Um, If I'm a Dortmund fan, I'm scared. Because right now, you don't know what you're getting from your team. Milan has recruited very well. Now, they don't have a lot of depth. So, if Milan suddenly uh, finds themselves in an injury crisis, they can go from oh my god, how are we going to beat them too? Oh, this is a very wonderful game. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, honestly, I'm kind of scared with them adding Randall Colomawani and having uh, Luis Enrique uh, as the coach and apparently Mbappe 100% buying in because it's like suddenly, from what enough people that I believe to be, you know, have a good mindset of how uh, these sort of things work. It's almost like this could be the first Paris team in a while that genuinely from top to bottom <laughs> will be a challenger. And uh, who knows what Newcastle United, but looking at Dortmund, I'm thinking to myself, honestly, Europa League might, be the best possible scenario for these guys because so far I've not seen anything that would say they're going to even take a point off Paris and then you're having to look for points from Newcastle and Milan and hope that Paris takes care of business against those guys and I honestly think Dortmund could possibly finish in fourth in this one very easily I, it will be a huge stretch for them to get into second, but third, doable, fourth, sadly the most likely at this moment in time. And remember, this is in the early September, so many things can change uh, before that first match day on the 19th of September. 
I mean, I think the main issue they have is right now their club vibes are in the negatives. I don't know how that's going to get any better. But the other thing you have to consider with Dortmund is like they're only going to get more injured. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, true. I think they should aim for third, but like they haven't given fans enough to really give faith that they'll be top two. And like I know Newcastle is starting off slow in their season, but like that could wake up at any point. So. Yes. I mean, fourth really could be a possibility, honestly, and that's really sad to say. Agreed. Um, this group, I think, is actually even more straightforward. Uh, so, final group for all of the German clubs is uh, Group G. Uh, Leipzig has Manchester City. We know what we'll get from that match. That will be some two hotly contested matches that will be must-see TV if you can stomach watching Leipzig. And then the other two teams in their group, I mean, each of those guys would have trouble topping their own Europa League groups in Young Boys Bern and Red Star Belgrade. Now, trips to Red Star are not for the faint of heart, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't see no, those guys taking a single point <laughs> on the road. Oh, I went... I actually have the opposite. I think those two other teams are like, I think they're going to challenge Leipzig. I don't think they're going to just wake up in second. Like I think a lot of people do. I mean, the other two are starting very well in their leagues right now. And like you said, like playing away at Red Star is super tough. So you do have to factor that point in. You know what I mean? Like, that could be it's one the Volkstadt down with a running track around it. Uh, it's known yeah, exactly, as the Maracanã. Right. Uh, if people are thinking, no, that's in Rio de Janeiro. No, this is also known as the Maracanã. And it's a stadium that has an infamous reputation for being hotly uh, intimidating for those who do venture there. And if you are wondering what kind of shenanigans I'm on, ask older Bayern Munich fans. They'll be able to say, yes, 91 semifinal. They'll say, uh, Kaiser Slatin fans will talk about uh, the Cup Winners Cup uh, falling to Red Star at the American uh, And even Barcelona fans will be able to <laughs> comment about this. So it's a, it's a hotly tested place. And hey, you know what? It'll be a. Uh, It'll be an interesting one. Interesting one at that. And we'll see what we will see. So that kind of wraps it up for all of the clubs who are participating in Europe right now because the Women's Champions League is yet to be set. So we can talk about that next time. But, Jake, that kind of wraps up all that we had, honestly, to talk about Eintracht Frankfurt and the Bundesliga and Europe. Is there anything you you want to bring bring to our attention before we – uh, wrap up this episode. Not really. I mean, I think the league's a little interesting. If you if you've noticed, mm -hmm. like the top seven right now is like, oh, like I didn't foresee Hoff. Like it's early, obviously, yeah. But like, I didn't think Hoffenheim was going to be that high. I didn't think uh, Wolfsburg. Like Wolfsburg, good, but I didn't think they would be starting the way they're starting now like it's uh it's 
pretty interesting. And I'm also okay. That's what I actually want to say. Um, St. Pauli and Hamburg are playing in the first, a uh, second round of the women's Pokal. Mm. That's gonna be crazy. I, I'm like, I, I'm sort of trying to figure out where I can watch that. Oh, last time I checked, I think the the DFB, uh, DFB Frauen Pokal is isn't there domestic isn't there rights for the USA uh, run by uh, the DFL the DFB's uh, YouTube channel? Isn't that where we've been able to see those matches before? I'm trying to remember. I, I've seen it for like later matches. Mm. I'm not sure about second round because it's just so early. Yeah. Speaking um, of early, but I'm hoping. Speaking like, of early, that's going to be five matches yeah. in in the Zweite Liga, and it's the northern two clubs that are in uh, first and second. Uh, five matches played, thirteen points to Hamburg, twelve points to Kiel. I mean, I know it's always way too early to call the most entertaining league. The most tricky league that there is in the Zweite Liga, but I got a funny feeling Hamburg is coming up. I mean, I <laughs> I don't think you can really know until it's finalized, as as fans found out last year. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that that top three is very interesting, and Dusseldorf's in there, and then also Hertha is 17th right now like uh, yeah huh uh, one Schalke is starting slow one too win like from five matches and yeah you're mentioning Schalke uh four points from the five now granted look you can catch up over the course of a season nine points difference that's not a problem but when you get out it's all about getting that fast start Armstrong had it they ran that to victory <clears throat> and uh, earned promotion from it. I mean, I kind of feel bad for them right now because they're devoid of points. They're devoid of hope. It's honestly, if uh, you're a Darmstadt fan, you got to be thinking that relegation's right there. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop feeling sorry for them because I like them being up in the Bundesliga only to lose to Eintracht. Makes me feel happy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you if they were going to chase after you for not knowing the beer, they're definitely going to chase after you for the uh, Darmstadt sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world and what are you working on? Yes, so I'm trying not to be an old man, and I'm starting to use Instagram now. Um, that's everything is fifty plus donor without the umlaut. Uh, shows on Thursday, we do watch alongs occasionally on the weekend, uh, and yeah, I, you can find me on X or Twitter, whatever it's called, and Twitch and Instagram. There you go. Oh yes, uh, Eintracht Fallon's match uh, ways that you can watch it: YouTube, Eintracht TV, Facebook, and in Germany. And uh, Canada, uh, D A C N, the zone. So that's the ways you can watch the phone. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter. That is at EGF Pod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. I'd like to thank Nathan for piecing <laughs> this uh, show all together. The man in St. Louis just has a way with audio that I will never be able to understand. So 
thanks, Jake, for joining us on this episode <coughs> 281. We'll be back with a new episode shortly. We're talking about all things Andre Frankfurt and a big old preview of what's going on with the frown. So until next time, choose. I mean, he's not sure who to play. Uh, part of that is your fault for taking Shakiri. <laughs> Hey, I'm Frankfurt, cha la 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 la. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, cha la 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 la.